Meanwhile, on the Godbeat. Hey, Godbeat listeners. I'm Catherine Woodowis, an online editor for Sojourners. Today, we're looking at one of the trickiest angles of the religion beat, religion and sexuality. We invited Eliel Cruz, a religion writer, activist, organizer, and self-described professional bisexual, to talk about writing on LGBTQ issues and faith. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Eliel, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So you are in the middle of one of the trickiest intersections to write about. While many of us know people who identify as gay or queer and support for LGBTQ rights and inclusion has massively grown in the last few years, it's still an incredibly contentious question in faith communities particularly. When you work on a story, how do you think about translating these sensitivities? Well, it's definitely... A little bit of both. It depends on the publication, of course. Um, if I'm writing for a religious publication, I'm assuming the majority of them are going to be Christians. Um, I do write some religious pieces for LGBT publications. Um, so it depends on the on the publication how I'm going to approach the audience. Um, but it is a little bit for me. I'm you know I'm multilingual. I speak Spanish and French. For me, it's almost like translating a lot of ways. Um, as someone who is both a person of faith and a queer person. Also added to that, my work experience as a faith organizer and writer, um, I find myself having to translate the things that are being said from um, at least a conservative Christian stance on LGBT people and secular LGBT individuals, um, just defining basic words like, what do you actually mean by homosexuality? Or what do you actually mean by lifestyle? Or what do you mean by this? Um, kind of helps me be, the, be in the middle there and, and how do I present um, stories that'll move the needle forward? How do I present these narratives that'll begin to shift things from it being a theoretical or theological conversation to one about humans? And how do we see how that theology plays out in people's lives um, on an everyday basis? And you spoke to this a bit just now, but as both a writer and an organizer, you've been very open about your bisexual identity and your history growing up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Do you, in your work, do you feel that there's one identity that shapes you more, or how do you carry these intention? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I've, I just, I, I'm contrary to what a lot of anti-LGBT people want to say, I exist quite peacefully in all of my identities. I was born and raised in Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, which I don't think necessarily consider ourselves evangelical, but it's definitely in that same vein. Um, so that's what I know and what I love in my tradition. Um, my organizing work is, is first and foremost what's most important. It's actually what people don't see. Like People assume I'm just at home writing, and I am a lot of the time, um, but I use my organizing work to inform my my opinion, specifically my opinion pieces, and also to be able to report on things that people weren't aware were happening. Um, my sexual identity, both being mar- both in in the fact that I am inherently marginalized in my church, um, as well as the duality of my uh, my my ability to love and attractions, has allowed me to really understand um, how. Um, how awe-inspiring and diverse like God's creation is in a way that I think people who are used to seeing things in such a binary and um, like basic fashion <laughs> aren't able to like it's much more complex and I like get that quite um, I mean I don't get fully obviously but I think I get that a lot easier because of who I am and how God made me to be. So you things are very different 
now in sort of the national conversations than even three, four years ago. And you've been writing and organizing on these questions for years now. Mm -hmm. About five years, five, six years. What was it like when you first started that work? Mm. Um, I was not even hesitant. I was against it. Um, My advocacy came out of necessity. I very much did not see myself advocating, or at least not. I've always been an activist, but not in this space. I didn't think that I was going to be discussing sexuality and faith in such a public fashion. Um, but I felt there's there was a lot of God moments, especially in my university career, that I felt the need to first advocate for myself and then advocate for others who were going through situations much worse than, than you know, mine um, in the shadows and alone without support. Um, you know, I very, very much felt like Jonah or Moses. I just felt very much like you have the wrong person. Um, but if anything, my growing up and my experience um, in church and really Christian educational institutions, the bad experiences at least um, helped me know what people were going through in a very intimate way that I could be very empathetic um, and allow me to take that kind of um, trauma in a lot of ways Um and use it for good to hopefully change it so, you know, people don't have to go through those things. I mean, like when I started, I was going to a conservative Christian college. So it was very difficult because I started writing for major publications while attending the school. And I was getting threats of lawsuits and people who were wanting us to, or wanting me to be expelled. Um, it was hard <laughs> the last few years. My GPA dropped. I was depressed. I wanted, you know, I just wanted to get out. And in a lot of ways, the last two I've graduated just two years ago. I've been kind of detoxing from that. Um, now it's a little bit different. I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying to heal from all that because it was there was a lot of really hard stuff, though, especially that last year. Um, but I'm, I'm finding peace in that. I, you know, I don't have to worry about being fired or 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 whatever just for you know or or being expelled or any of those things um because of the work that i feel called to do um so it's definitely different so to that writing in this nexus of religion and sexuality is um a a small field currently and a a new one um Mm -hmm. for those who are interested in writing or organizing or both what would you tell people who are interested in getting started here it's since it's a small field, it's easy to reach out to most of us, right? In the in the LGBT faith world, it's um, we all know each other, um, and we're hoping for it to grow. And I would especially like it to be, you know, centering more people of color and trans individuals and women, because it's still very male and it's still very white, especially gay, um, in this conversation. Just because that's what's always been so palpable for evangelicals really the people who have been leaders are the ones that have been able to gain the most traction and the ones who've been in the most tractions are the ones that have been able to look like the rest of the people in the room um and that's changing slightly um both because um of the work that's been done but also because of just how quickly society has moved in terms of um legal and uh, media recognition of of a variety of genders and individuals um, from you know that hold multiple identities. Um, I think reaching out to us is very easy. Um, it, it can be hard though, <laughs> in terms of um, writing. I mean, I still there are people who won't publish me because of the work that I do in the religious space, even if it has nothing to do with sexuality and faith. 
despite my multiple bylines and major publications, um, they, they sometimes they won't explicitly say that, but um, there are editors at places that won't publish me because of the work that I do. Um, and that is both, um, that can be frustrating, but it's also one of the things that I try to change and continue to engage um, because of, it's important for people on the margins to create their own things and their own um, ways to advocate for their, ourselves. But I think it's also important to engage those with power to um, create access and create space and pass the mic. Where should we be looking for the big stories in the next year or two? The, the introduction of trans Christians in such a mainstream way is really fascinating to me because I think there's been a lot written about homosexuality, um, in, at least in, both in condemnation and in support. And we're finally seeing some books, again, both in condemnation and support about trans Christians. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of really great trans theologians um, coming out with um, some really important and great theology Um I think you mentioned, you know, data and studies, but there's still, like, almost half, according to the last period of research, almost half of LGB individuals identify as Christian. They may not be going to church every week. That's a huge percentage. Another, like, another, like 16 to 2% identify with Muslim and, uh, you know, uh, Hindu and Jewish belief systems as well. So more than half, 60-something, almost 70% of LGB individuals, you know, identify with some type of faith tradition. Um, and that's a lot of people to not have a spiritual home and to be spiritually homeless. Um, I mean, I'm trying to find stories of people that that interest me or that are just really... Um, I'm writing a story now over um, a gay black man who's a Christian and was kicked out as a worship leader of the mega church that he was at when he um, was outed, or at least found out to be out. Um, and he's a drag queen, and he has two weekly shows, one called Sermon and one called Worship. <laughs> and he lip syncs and live sings to gospel music. Um, and now he found an affirming church that he has is a worship leader and, and he will sing uh, Christian songs at a gay bar and gay people will come up to him afterwards and be like, you know, I haven't thought about God in and and forever, but you made me really want to come back to the church mm. after listening to that. I was just like, that's such a cool story. <laughs> that's such a cool witness and ministry to use um, all those gifts and talents all into one. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I just find the stories as I'm like, um, as I'm doing the work mm-hmm. and in various spaces and engaging with a lot of LGBT Christians, um, I... Um, I see things that might be unique or might be interesting um, to a larger audience that I roll with it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Elia. My pleasure. (laughs) This segment was produced by me, Catherine Widowis. Music by Monos Mars. Thanks for listening.